Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16-4.9 through 4, 9, called Signs and Wonders. Exodus 3.16 is what you want. We know that Moses has had this incredible encounter at the burning bush. He has heard the voice of God. He has doubted himself. Two objections or questions so far. Who am I that you're going to send me? And then who are you? Or what is your name? And God gives that famous, incredible, high doctrinal response I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, I am has sent you, uh, I have sent you to them. And we know that he lays out the name Lord, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, the one who is the eternal God. And the burning bush in and of itself is a sign And I think it represents uh, at least two or three things. One, it represents the nature of God, that he is uh, the one who is, he is, I am. Nothing will ever put out his light. He keeps on shining. Then I think it represents Israel. It's a picture of Israel in the affliction and the fire of persecution and bondage. Yet they are not consumed, the bush was not consumed because of God's mercy. And another message I think that is in the burning bush is that God is in the midst of the fire with the people. I am who I am, and I will be what you need me to be. Let's pray really fast. Father, thank you for the reality of the burning bush, the sign that is going to carry us into some other signs uh, this morning. We are grateful for your living word. We're grateful for the way that it speaks to our situation. We can resonate with Moses having doubts about himself. You know, he was at one time a confident man, but he had become humbled and and he doubted himself. And we're going to see several of his questions and objections and even excuses. And we can we can understand this feeling of inadequacy. We can we often feel like, Lord, you need to get somebody else. I just don't have the qualifications that you need. But Lord, we know you qualify us and you empower us. And you had called Moses from the time that he was born. You have a plan for each of us, Lord, and I pray that what you want spoken would be spoken today and that we have ears to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, signs and wonders have certainly become controversial in our day. There's movements, you know, modern day movements uh, looking for signs and wonders. And if you've done any kind of research on signs and wonders in certain movements, uh, sometimes there's some questions about the authenticity of such things. And, you know, are they real? Are they legitimate? Is there too much of an emphasis on them? And yet at the same time, we know that God is a miracle-working God. And we know that he can give us a sign if he wants to. And we can't put God in a box. Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day because they kept asking for signs. And Jesus had given many, many signs. Some of them said, teacher, we want to see a sign from you, Matthew 12, starting in verse 38. And he answered to them and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, yet no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. 
as Jonah was in the belly of the sea monster three days and three nights, so the Son of Man shall be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. That was a sign. And of course, we know that the whole Gospel of John, if you've studied it before, is built around eight different signs. There are many more signs that Jesus did, but here's one of the uh, summary verses of the Gospel of John. Many other signs, John 20, 30, and 31, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, that is John. But these signs have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have what? Life in his name. Now, what were some of the signs that Jesus did that the gospel is built around? Turning the water into wine, the feeding of the 5,000, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And there are many more signs that Jesus performed that were not written in the book. In fact, there, there's indications in the gospels that he healed perhaps thousands of people in a single day or even in a single evening. Jesus was the walking sign of God. He was doing miracles left and right. And when people ask for a sign, like Herod saying, I want him to do a sign for me, Jesus would not perform for people on the spot. And signs were not a guarantee that people would believe. Even after the raising of Lazarus, some would not believe. But there's no doubt that in that same Gospel of John... Many did believe because of the signs. John 7, 31 says, Many of the multitude believed in him, and they were saying, When the Christ shall come, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has done. Will he? And so some people saw the signs and believed. They saw the raising of Lazarus, and they believed. One of the main signs that caused belief in modern audiences or people of our day is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And many of you could come up here and tell stories about little ways and big ways that God got your attention over the years, amen? And maybe you were praying about something. Maybe you asked the question, is there a God? If you're out there, answer me, O Lord. And maybe you asked for something specific. And I think God is gracious. He's not gonna perform for us, but he certainly knows when a heart is yearning for him. Psalm 78, uh, verses 40 through 44 say these words. How often... Israel rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved God in the desert. And again and again, they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the adversary, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the field of Zoan, turned their rivers to blood and their streams they could not drink. God did many, many signs for Israel. He was with them for 40 years in the desert, but those signs did not guarantee their belief. In fact, one thing that Israel wallowed in is unbelief, and therefore we know that there's no guarantee that you see a certain miracle or something happens that you're going to believe. We're going to conclude this message with the ultimate sign. Just keep that in your heart for right now. But Jesus Christ was the sign or the word of God moving among the people. Psalm 135, verse 9 says, He sent signs and wonders into your midst, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. Now Moses is just like us, and that gives me hope. He is questioning God. Are you sure you got the right guy? And he needs some perhaps authenticating signs. Now, some of us would say, well, isn't the burning bush enough? 
Well, how much is enough for you? What, does your faith sometimes go like this no matter how many experiences you've had with God? You know, don't you sometimes look at your own heart and say, oh God, oh God why did I doubt you again? How many times am I going to revert back to the doubts of my flesh? How many times am I going to, you know, question whether or not this is the right life or the right way to live or the right way to believe? But we do that. And Moses does not get rebuked by God yet. He gets reassured. Exodus 3.16 says, go and gather the elders of Israel together. Now he's getting his marching orders. He's still at the bush. Say to them, the Lord, that's Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me, Exodus 3.16. Tell them of your experience, in other words, saying, I am indeed concerned about you. I want you to give them this message and what has been done to you in Egypt. I want you to tell them about your experience of meeting me at the bush, and I want you to tell them that I care about them. And that is so beautiful, isn't it? And I think you could take a simple gospel plan away from this. You could tell people about your experience in meeting the living God. This is how my life was at one time. This is what's happened to me since meeting Jesus Christ. And you can tell people with biblical authority that God cares about them because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's a simple gospel plan. I've had an encounter with the living God. Remember, Paul retells his personal testimony scores of times in the book of Acts. And Jesus instructed him to go and share his experience. And he said, hey, I saw a, a light brighter than the sun at noonday. Noon and I said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Go, get up and go. This is what you will tell them. You will tell the people to turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God. And so this is what Paul did in his ministry. He had an encounter with the, the light of God, if you will, Jesus Christ, and he told people, this is what happened to me. God cares about you as well. And so I said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. This includes now, not only do I care, but I'm gonna do something about it. I'm gonna bring you out of there, the land of slavery, that is Egypt, to the land of the Canaanite, the promised land here, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Coronite, the Norkite. No, that's <laughs> to a land flowing with milk and honey, which is a picture of abundance. I'm gonna bring you up out of something, slavery, into something bountiful and beautiful. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly or have it to the full. That's what God wants for you. And that's not necessarily about material possessions. That's about an abundance of spiritual life that overflows into everything that you are and what you share with others. And so... They will pay heed. They will shema. They will listen to what you say. God reassures Moses because this is his main objection. And you with the elders of Israel will come to the king of Egypt. That's the Pharaoh. 18. And you will say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event, a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. Producer Rob Newton here. And on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. This is what happened to me. God cares about you as well. And so, I said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. This includes now, not only do I care, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to bring you out of there, the land of slavery, that is Egypt, to the land of the Canaanite, the promised land here, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Coronite, the Norkite, no, that's, to a land flowing with milk and honey, which is a picture of abundance. I'm going to bring you up out of something, slavery, into something bountiful and beautiful. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly or have it to the full. That's what God wants for you. And that's not necessarily about material possessions. That's about an abundance of spiritual life that overflows into everything that you are and what you share with others. And so... They will pay heed. They will shema. They will listen to what you say. God reassures Moses because this is his main objection. And you with the elders of Israel will come to the king of Egypt, that's the Pharaoh, 18, and you will say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. 
So now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now Moses is told to go to the elders and that they will listen to you. This is evidenced by the way that elders were around even early in the book of Exodus and before. They were leaders. They were older men in the community, perhaps leaders of the different tribes. And elders literally means bearded ones. And all God's men said, yeah, the bearded ones. That's right. And maybe a little sprinkling of gray in the beard because elder which the New Testament Greek word is presbyter or the presbytery. These are the leaders of local churches that developed in the New Testament. And in fact, that is the model today. This church is led by a group of elders, and I am one of them. And those men lead uh, the church as one, if you will. They lead the church as a group of leaders, walking forward in the power of God, standing together for the gospel. And that's why it's so good to have a group of unified elders, and that's the biblical model, to move forward together, to stand together. And Moses is told, you won't have to stand alone. We're going to see more about these elders as the book goes on. But Moses won't even have to approach the Pharaoh alone. And I'll tell you, it's good to know that when you're called to do something for God, that there's somebody actually standing behind you. Because sometimes you wonder, does anybody have my back? And you could do it alone if God called you to do it alone. But it's also nice to have others who are there with you. And then God says something about the Pharaoh. He says, 19, I know, this is God's foreknowledge, that the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, will not permit you to go except under compulsion. Pharaoh is going to be uncooperative. (laughs) So I am going to bend his will. Now, we know that in the book of Romans, it talks about the fact that God can harden the heart and he has mercy upon whom he has mercy and he hardens whom he hardens. And that is some difficult stuff. But I will tell you this. We have a little hint about something that you need to consider in terms of your understanding of God's foreknowledge and sovereignty. For God, he is eternal and he knows everything. Everything is now for God. He knew what Pharaoh would do and what he wouldn't do. He would not release the people because he was too proud. He thought he himself was a God. At least the people would acclaim him as a God. And so he was going to have to be forced to release the people. And 10 plagues were coming. And they're not haphazard plagues. They're carefully planned attacks against the false gods of Egypt. And we're going to see this as we go on and look at the plagues. Some of you may be saying, why, why was the Pharaoh told that they were only going to go three days journey? What does that mean? Was, he, was Moses trying to put it softly to the Pharaoh? Hey, let us go on a weekend retreat. We just need three days. Some argue that the three days is a symbolic number for we ain't coming back. Other people, <laughs> so if anybody tells you I'll be gone for three days, you might want to get clarification. You know, that long weekend thing. Anyway, just be careful. There's, there's a lot of different questions. Some people say, well, a modern way to say this would be, you know, uh, 
He'll be with you in a moment. Have you ever heard that before? You're on hold. I'll be with you in a moment, sir. Now, did it really mean a moment? No, it did not. Have you heard this one before? Can I have one second of your time? Sure, one. (laughs) No, that's usually not how it works. Some people believe that that's what's going on. Some scholars would say Pharaoh didn't deserve to be told the whole truth. We're talking about warfare here, so who cares what's told to the Pharaoh? You can chew on that. These are just the different views. But what we do know is the Pharaoh was not going to release the people except if he was compelled to do so. And that's exactly what happened. And God knows everything in advance. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what it would take to finally move the Pharaoh. And he was also involved in hardening the Pharaoh's heart. Sometimes the Bible says Pharaoh's heart was hard in and of himself. And then other times it says that God hardened his heart. And some people argue that that simply means that Pharaoh was confirmed in his position. We'll dig this out as we move uh, through the book of Exodus and look at it a little bit more. But God says, this is what I'm going to do since he won't release you. I'm going to stretch out my hand, 20, and strike Egypt with all my miracles. If you have an NIV, it says my wonders. This is literally a extraordinary supernatural event, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. I'm going to stretch out my hand and it's going to be, oh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you should have listened after plague number one, man. But the Pharaoh wouldn't listen and it cost him dearly. And I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty handed. Note uh, Deuteronomy 15, 12 through 14. When a slave served in your, uh, for your field or your household, Once you released him, here's what the Bible says, you would not release a slave empty-handed. And the children of Israel, 400 years in Egyptian bondage, were not going to go out empty-handed. In fact, the women, we're told in verse 22, would ask of their neighbor and the woman who lives in her house articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. I don't know if this means that they... They were poorly, poorly clothed or didn't have enough for their children. And thus you will plunder the Egyptians. Some people say that you need to see back pay here. That going out with articles of silver and gold is only right because the Egyptians abused Israel for all this time. And so now 400 years of back pay, if you will. And the, we find out that the people will freely give to them. Here, take it and go. Here, take it and go. I hope you don't come back in three days after all these plagues have occurred. And so they went out. These were items, by the way, that helped build the tabernacle and sustain them in the desert. Psalm 105, 37 and 38 says, Then God brought them out with silver and gold, and among his tribes there was not one who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the dread of them of Israel had fallen upon Egypt. You've been listening to Signs and Wonders, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16-4.9. 
And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event, a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16 through 4.9 called Signs and Wonders. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.